Last November, Bloomberg launched QuickTake, a 24-7 streaming news network. The head of QuickTake tells us why the company morphed a social news project into a full-blown TV news channel. Welcome to this week's edition of Inside Stream. I'm Will Richmond from Video News, and that was Colin Dixon from Endscreen Media at the top of the podcast. Hey, Colin, how's everything? Everything is great, Will. And uh, how are you feeling after the conference? It's literally recording here Thursday afternoon, and uh, your conference is just finished. Yes, the Connected TV Ad Summit just finished up today. We had two great days, uh, 46 speakers over 14 different sessions, and I hope folks really enjoyed it as much as I did. I know I learned a ton listening to everybody. It's just a really interesting topic. We tackled CTV advertising from all angles. So um, I'll be posting the videos of the sessions next week and uh, afterwards. So um, yeah. Yeah, I, I missed a couple. So I'm really looking forward to catching up on a couple of the sessions. My session on the fast ecosystem was i thought really really interesting and i'll be writing something up about that as well and i'll include a pointer to the uh, replay so that they can watch that as well will but uh, we're going to start off with with a couple of pieces of news before we get to our main event which was recorded for uh, the the connected tv uh, ad summit um so my my piece of news this week, Will, that I'm not sure everybody will have noticed was that Walmart has jumped into the streaming media device market. It has released two two devices. One is a stick. It's called the On FHD Streaming Stick, and it's $25. And the On Android TV UHD Streaming Device, which is a box, and that's $29.98. It really puzzled me why Walmart was doing this, Will, because Walmart sold Voodoo, which it could have used in these devices in the same way that uh, Amazon is using IMDb TV and Roku is using the Roku channel, but it can't because it sold it. Um, and it really seems like it's just Walmart is getting into this business to sell devices. And I've got to say, very low margin devices at that. I completely agree, Colin. I've, it's a head-scratcher to me. I don't really understand the move. It's um, low margin, and as you said, no ancillary services to really drive off of it like we've seen with Roku and Amazon and others. So um, I don't know. Is it going to still be around in a year, you think? <laughs> is well, that too cynical? <laughs> uh, maybe that is too cynical, but I mean, as long as they're making money, I suspect that Walmart will continue to sell them. Uh, but, uh, you know, as you say, then it's just devices. There's no broader strategy for Walmart in the video business, that's for sure. Well, on a more optimistic note, a um, item that caught my attention this week was Viacom CBS's CEO, Bob Backish, interviewed at the Evercore ISI meeting earlier this week. I thought made a very bullish statement. He said, Quote, we actually, this was about the Paramount Plus ad supported version launching. He said, quote, we actually believe analytically that the $4.99 per month version of the product can generate higher ARPU over time than our $9.99 per month ad free product. We think that's tremendously compelling. 
And uh, I took that actually as a very strong endorsement of connected TV advertising because, of course, the vast majority of consumption of Paramount Plus is going to be on connected TVs, and connected TV is the highest margin and highest revenue generating part of the uh, video world. And so clearly, um, you know, when Backish believes that the 499 version is going to generate more than $5 per month in ad revenue per viewer, that's a, I think, a strong endorsement, both of, um, you know, ads in general, but of CTV ads in particular. I think it is too, Will, and I think there's a really good possibility that he'll be able to do it. I, I sort of looked at the numbers and they, they really do seem to add up. So I think, you know, when you when you add in here the fact that uh, HBO Max now has an ad-supported version, boy, I, talking about the CTV Ad Summit, a few years ago we were bewailing the fact that there wasn't much premium inventory. Boy, has that changed. <laughs> It's like, there is a ton of premium in, in, inventory now for brands and advertisers to sell, uh, to buy into. So this is this is great news. Absolutely. But we're actually going to get on with our main interview today. And this, uh, Will and I interview Jean Ellen Cowgill, who is head of Bloomberg Quick Take. And this is actually part of the Connected TV Summit. But we decided we would release this as also part of Inside the Stream. It was a tremendously interesting conversation. So this was recorded for the Connected TV Summit. And uh, we'll hand it over to Will as he introduces Gene Ellen. And welcome to Gene Ellen Cowgill, who is the GM of Bloomberg Quick Take and Global Head of New Ventures for Bloomberg. Hi, Gene Ellen. Thanks for joining us today. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. Well, Gene Allen, thanks so much for joining us today at the Connected TV Ad Summit. And um, would love to just kick off by asking you to give us a little bit of an overview of Bloomberg Quick Take, uh, for which you're responsible, and which actually just launched last November, right? So maybe give us a quick overview and, and an update on how things are going. Absolutely. I just turned off my smart speaker, which something you said just decided to alert her. <laughs> Uh, but she's off now, so we can jump right into Quick Take. Um, so yes, I can give you a, a brief overview. So Quick Take launched at the end of 2017. Uh, originally, it was a uh, really unique partnership specifically with Twitter, and it was unique just to Twitter. Uh, we are still in a great partnership with Twitter, um, but we've since expanded to other social platforms. So we became a truly social video 24 seven proposition. In this past year, in November of 2020, we further expanded to streaming and we now have a 24 seven streaming channel across connected TVs and streaming platforms. So today, Quick Take is a truly uh, global 24 seven social and streaming video network that acts as a complement to Bloomberg television. So if Bloomberg television is really serving a core market of financial and markets professionals, Bloomberg Quick Take is serving a broader audience of business professionals, rising leaders, new C-suite leaders um, who are trying to understand what's happening in the world and are looking for something different from their news diet. So who, who do you think is your major competition? Who are you going up against with, with QuickTake? Great question. So 
You know, when we look at our market, we kind of look at two different arenas that we're trying to, to, to kind of carve out something new from. So on the one hand, we have the more traditional cable news networks. Um, these networks are global, they're always on, they're up to the minute, um, but they aren't necessarily covering news um, from the kind of contextual storytelling approach that we hear our audience really craving. When we talk to our audience about what they're looking for and what they're really invested in, they'll talk about the kind of documentary series, podcasts, and kind of premium talent-driven programming that they're getting from a lot of the SVOD players like a, a Netflix um, or from some of the big players on YouTube. Uh, these are premium storytelling propositions, but they're not up to the minute on what's going on, right? They're not kind of carrying the news day. And so our goal is to really combine these two and be able to provide that daily uh, look at what's happening around the world for the business professional, while also providing a regular diet of that kind of premium storytelling uh, video. And if we just take a step back for a second, Janelle, and what, tell us more about Bloomberg's strategy, why it decided to invest in creating or sort of morphing what was a social, primarily a social project into a streaming TV project, um, one that's really focused on, we'll talk about distribution in a minute, but very much focused on connected TV distribution. Sure. Um, so, I mean, I think it's because we've been paying attention to the incredible rise in streaming viewership and the shift that we were seeing even before the pandemic, but certainly catalyzed over the past year in terms of the shift from traditional cable and broadcast to uh, connected TVs and to streaming platforms. And so, you know, anytime you see a major shift like that, you know that, um, you know, viewership habits are up for grabs. There's an opportunity to launch a new brand that really takes advantage of all the different trends that we're seeing, both in terms of where people are watching, how they're watching, and what they're expecting from their content. And so, you know, when you take all of that together, it just made a lot of sense to take this brand that we had successfully built on social, where we have this massive global audience, and, and help them go even deeper with us and, and go bigger, uh, and, and hopefully bringing them over with us to, uh, to the streaming channel. So what are some of the su success metrics that you're using to tell if you're, if you're doing a good job? And can you share any, any results, how it's actually going? Yeah, so of course we're paying attention to just raw viewership. Um, so on the uh, social and video on demand side, we've amassed an audience of 56 million viewers across our uh, various platforms. That's social, uh, streaming, digital platforms. So we're really pleased with that. Um, wow. It's a major audience. Yeah. Um, and then specifically for our live stream. So that's the, the live stream of the streaming channel. Um, we've already uh, amassed an audience of 7 million monthly viewers. And again, you know, we only just launched that in November of this past year. So in just a few months to see that kind of traction, uh, we're really pleased with, um, especially as we're continuing to expand across uh, distribution platforms. And speaking of, let's, um, let's transition to distribution platforms, Jeanne I know you guys have been very aggressive in trying to and su successfully getting on, I think all the major streaming uh, devices at this point, but tell us a little more about 
specifically what devices you're on and how you guys prioritize which ones to pursue. Sure. So um, we are, that's correct, we're, um, we are either on or are in uh, the, the process of negotiating and launching on all of the major smart TVs in the U.S. Um, our kind of largest partner there right now that's been with us from the beginning is Samsung uh, with Samsung TV+. Plus. Um, that's been a great partnership for us. Um, both because of the size of their audience, um, as well as the ability to market uh, our uh, shows and news programming. Um, that we have a really great relationship with them. So we're, we're doing partner marketing and, and paid marketing there. Um, and I'd say back to your question around kind of what we're looking for in partners, definitely looking at the, the scale uh, just of the audience and the potential there, as well as the ability to, to be able to, to market uh, within the platform and really drive tune in. So that's been really important. Um, we also are available uh, within the Bloomberg uh, OTT app, um, which is great because that meant that we had a built-in audience there uh, that were already coming to the app for Bloomberg television. We redesigned and relaunched that app so that when you come to it, when you come in, you have the option, you can go into BTV, you can go into Quick Take, uh, and you can you can play around in both, um, and that uh, is available on all the major streaming platforms uh, as well. So we're off to a really strong start, uh, and we're continuing to grow, and and also looking at you know how we can continue to expand uh, globally as well. You know we've really focused on a U.S. market at launch within streaming, but our social and video on demand audience is already extremely global. So we know we have an opportunity to take the live stream there as well. Samsung is a pretty interesting partner for you to go with, Gina, and they, they have been particularly vocal um, about how much people are using Samsung TV+. Plus. They've said, I think they've said that people watch as much AVOD as they watch SVOD on their platforms. So sounds like it's a pretty good platform to focus on. Sounds like they're a really good partner. Um, and I wonder if you could share, how does that arrangement work? How, I mean, maybe not specifically with Samsung, I'm sure you, you don't want to reveal exactly how that works, but what's the financial arrangement between you and, and those distribution partners typically? Sure. So generally speaking, we uh, strongly prefer an inventory split with our partners. Um, that because, you know, we are an advertising based proposition, we have a global strong sales team uh, across the board for Bloomberg. And so, and we have really strong advertising partnerships, advertiser relationships who are excited for what we're doing. Um, so we prefer an inventory split where, you know, we're able to then um, work with our advertisers, bring them onto the platform. And then, you know, we're giving them great inventory uh, within their split as well. Um, we are occasionally doing a, a rough share, but, but again, our preferred model is an inventory split. And can you tell us any more about sort of future plans on the distribution front? Is it primarily CTV oriented or do you see mobile as being a big part of the live experience or, or other devices for that matter? Yeah, great question. I, uh, we absolutely are focused on the connected TV market. Um, you know, that's, that's what we've built the live stream for. And I think also, you know, given our history, we're really strong on the social platforms. And so we're, we're already kind of meeting people where they are on their phones, right? We have a really strong audience on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. YouTube, of course, is interesting because YouTube people watch it on their phones, they watch it uh, on their uh, laptops. And we also hear of a lot of people live streaming it to their TV. So YouTube is a really interesting space for us to continue to grow. And we have a really strong audience there. 
Um, but we also are interested in, in other platforms as well. Um, we have a, a longstanding partnership with uh, Reach TV and to be in uh, airports across the US and Canada. Um, and uh, we're excited for how that can continue to grow as people start to be back in airports again, which is exciting. Um, and we also just announced a partnership with uh, Lyft um, to be uh, with the, on top of it in uh, Lyft cars. Um, so are definitely interested in the out of home market as well. So um, we're open to being creative. Um, you know, we wanna be wherever our audience could potentially find us. And I think it's our willingness to be creative that has uh, helped drive our success to this point. I so, could just ask you one quick, uh, yeah, quick follow-up question on the distribution side. Um, what advice would you give to other uh, content uh, providers uh, and networks that are trying to get deals together with distributors like you've just mentioned, whether it's CTV makers or other outlets? Not everyone obviously brings the resources that Bloomberg has to the table, but what's your advice? How do you, how do you go about getting these deals done? Sure. Um, certainly, uh, I, uh, I recognize that we have the benefit of the Bloomberg brand and in many cases have relationships already as a result of Bloomberg television and the strength of that brand. So we certainly, I recognize, have a head start. Um, that said, I would say um, really focusing in on differentiation, right? What is it that your uh, channel, your brand is bringing to uh, this partner that they don't already have. Um, I think for us, where we've been able to focus there is our global presence. So while you know we are focused on kind of a U.S. audience specifically for the live stream to start, the uh, the programming is truly global, um, and we're bringing stories from around the world, and that's really unique. Also, our focus on uh, this audience of what we refer to as these modern leaders and the, you know, catering to their uh, consumption habits and to the kinds of content that they're looking for feels unique and special. And so I think partners are able to envision how we um, will bring something new and specific uh, to their platform that their other partners aren't necessarily bringing. I'd say that that is really important uh, regardless of what uh, area or topic uh, you're playing in. So um, let's let's talk ad tech a little bit uh, for, for a few minutes at least, and and tell us what what are you using? Are you primarily filling ad slots with programmatic, or is it direct sales, or a mix? A mix. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we have, as I mentioned, we have a really strong uh, direct sales force, and we also have a lot of really great relationships with advertisers. Um, so, you know, we certainly are selling directly that said, you know, many of them want to serve their ads programmatically. So we certainly have programmatic, uh, guaranteed as an offering for our clients. And then we also, um, do, um, do programmatic backfill as well, um, for any, uh, unsold inventory. So, you know, we want to benefit from all of the trends that we're seeing in programmatic while also kind of bringing our best relationships over to the platform, uh, to the channel as well. So, uh, it's a blend of both. And just a quick follow up on that. Talk to us a little bit about the data side of things. Um, when you when you're on many many different platforms, how, how what's it like handling the feedback that you get, the direct data that you get from those platforms on the performance of the channels uh, and the end of the ads? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, that actually uh, is, goes back to a good question from Will. Um, another thing that we love to to talk 
carefully with with partners up front is what kind of data we can receive on the audience. Um, because of course, the more we understand about the audience that is coming to us on that specific platform, the more we have, you know, we can program for that in the future. Uh, and so that's um, certainly something that we look to look to get. I will say, I think we have a benefit of having a large audience on our social platforms, on Bloomberg.com, um, and on our OTT app. Um, not that our, our audience on our OTT app is not um, the bulk of our audience, because what we're trying to do is meet people where they are, right, and meet them, you know, out on these connected TVs where they're, you know, going through the channels and exploring. But the fact that we have those home bases where we have potentially access to more information, that gives us more to work with. Um, and so we can use that as a way to better understand our audience across uh, a whole host of different platforms, uh, which is really helpful. Um, in terms of working with advertisers, I think this is where, um, you know, doing a programmatic guaranteed deal can be helpful because we can get some additional audience data for our clients that way. Um, and I also think, you know, when we sell to our advertisers, what we're doing is putting together a kind of video everywhere proposition. So uh, if they're coming in to sponsor a show or a series, um, we're crafting a, um, a media plan for them that is streaming, social, .com, and then they're benefiting from the different types of data you get from all of those platforms, which can help, I think, put together a really nice, well-rounded picture of the return on investment for their campaign and the audiences who uh, they're attracting. Tell us a little more about the advertisers themselves. What, what's a typical profile? Are they traditional TV advertisers? Are they digital advertisers? Are they both? Where, where, where's, the, where's the money coming from these days for Bloomberg? Yeah. You know, I think it's such an interesting time to be coming into the streaming uh, world because it's it's from all of them. Like we're seeing traditional linear TV buyers who are coming into the streaming space. We're seeing digital buyers who are coming in. And we're also seeing moments where the social team, because it's a multi-platform deal, may be involved. And something that I find really interesting is that you're seeing how the org chart is shifting within um, both agencies as well as um, within the client organization to reflect the changing dynamics um, in terms of both TV as well as social and how those things work together. So it's a, it's a little bit uh, of, a, of a fun game to kind of try to understand within a given organization how they've structured themselves based on kind of where they are in the shift to streaming or how much they're investing in different social platforms. I think for us, though, that's a benefit because it means we can help them go on that journey. Um, you know, when they when a client works with us, they're getting their advertising, their brand out across all of the platforms where our brand is, and they're um, staying within a brand safe environment, uh, a Bloomberg trusted environment, uh, while traveling everywhere. And so, I think that has been a really important part of the proposition. Um, for clients is that we can we can take them on that journey. Sounds like you're capping into lots of different pools of uh, a budget of budget, which is obviously a good thing for you guys. Definitely. And, and again, I think those budgets are I think clients are working through where those budgets should go. And one of the reasons we want to be a multi-platform proposition is it that we're a bit we, we truly can be a, a good partner to the client because we're somewhat agnostic from our perspective. We just want to help them come up with the best solution. 
So one of the things that um, is definitely resonating with audiences these days is originals and, and Quick, Quick Take has a slate of originals. Can you tell us what you're doing and, and how are they doing and, and, and are they resonating? Yes, um, they, they are. And I, I think, you know, we had already seen a lot of traction with our originals uh, on our YouTube channel. Um, our uh, Quick Take Originals, our Quick Take flagship YouTube channel is really where we host our originals. And there, you know, we've been building that property now for several years. Um, we see very loyal subscriber base there. Um, we uh, have recently um, gotten a, a grant from Google to, to, to build out a membership there. And we're seeing traction within that to kind of engage with our users in a deeper way, which is really fun and exciting. Um, and we've also just made some announcements on new premium shows that we're launching with big name talent this fall that we're really excited about. So we just announced uh, a partnership with the Business of Fashion, which is an industry leading uh, media brand for the fashion industry. Uh, the founder and editor-in-chief, Imran Ahmed, will be hosting that show. We also announced a new show with Chris Paul, the NBA player and head of the Players Association called How I Got Here, where he'll be interviewing um, major names in business from all kind of industries to talk about both the path they've been on and the legacy that they're looking to leave behind. Um, and we also announced uh, a partnership with Scott Galloway, the NYU uh, professor and kind of tech and, and media thinker. Uh, he has a couple of successful podcasts. He'll now be coming with us. Uh, he had a show on YouTube called The Prof G Show. And we have invested in that, expanded the team around that, and are kind of taking that to the big screen for, the, for a full half hour show. So some exciting uh, shows coming down the pike, uh, built on the back of our original success. And we'll be uh, making more announcements on that front uh, soon as well. Congratulations on those launches, uh, Gene Allen. And I'm curious to ask, are, are, are those informed by data in some way? Are they driven by what you're seeing your viewers are interested in and getting from, from Bloomberg QuickTech? Definitely. So, you know, in the case of uh, Scott Galloway, for example, um, our, we have the highest concentration of entrepreneurs and tech professionals uh, on Twitter among our competitive set. Um, so we, our uh, audience loves kind of entrepreneurial content. They like understanding new ideas. And so we think that show, and they love tech content that helps them understand the trends. So we, we have a feeling that show will, will do very well. Um, we also know that uh, content that shows the kind of the face of modern leaders and their story of how they've gotten to where they are, again, that kind of entrepreneurial mindset um, does really well. And so the Chris Paul show, I think, will, will play well. Um, and then with the business of fashion, uh, we've, we've taken kind of that business lens to culture, entertainment, sports in the past, and it's done well. We, we have a very successful series right now called The Business of Sports that's being sponsored by AT&T. It's been a really big success. And so playing in that same uh, kind of playbook, you know, the business of fashion show um, is not focused on the kind of ins and outs of the, you know, what fashion brands are doing well or not doing well. It's really using fashion as a lens for understanding culture, identity, um, how as a society we sort of, um, understand each other and ourselves. So there's going to be a whole host of things to explore in that show through the lens of business and fashion. Uh, and that's certainly been a successful approach for us in the past. 
I, I wonder in the last couple of minutes if we could sort of uh, get you thinking more broadly about the industry and some of the challenges. I mean, it's been a turbulent time for news. I think we, we can say that for sure, at least in the last year. Uh, and what, what are some of the challenges there that you see going forward? Sure. You know, I, I think it's going to be an interesting moment in the news industry, but I think an exciting one. Um, you know, the, the, the past year with the uh, pandemic and the election was a very newsy time. Um, and so, which, you know, tends to help uh, publishers and kind of raise viewership, raise uh, kind of clicks, et cetera. Um, but it also can feel a little bit like you're on the hamster wheel and you're just, you know, can get kind of sucked into covering the headlines. Our approach from the beginning has been to try to you know, get out of just the now and look to what's next, take a future oriented approach, provide our audience with context around why something has happened. You know, we recently promoted, um, for example, our coverage around GameStop. And we really focused that on like, how do you understand what's going on and, and why is that happening? And that really drove the highest viewership, those types of framings. And so I think as we enter into this kind of post- not to say that the, the, the COVID-19 is in any way over and we still have a, a lot to, to do around the world, but as we enter into this next phase, as people are getting vaccinated, as they're thinking about what's next, I think it really opens the aperture a bit in terms of what stories we get to tell and how we get to focus on that kind of next world that we're trying to build. Um, and so I think that we'll see publishers across the board investing in storytelling to, to look ahead. And, and certainly we want to be at the forefront of that. And maybe last question for you, Janelle, and as you again, look forward um, to what's going to happen over the next several years, what advice, if anything, you would give to others that are trying to create streaming channels and original content, as you said, and forge new distribution agreements, basically, you know, the modern media company, what, what advice do you give those leaders? Sure. I'd say first and foremost, pay attention to what trends are happening, right? You want to go in the direction of uh, the way the, the trends are going. It's obviously very clear that we're seeing this huge shift to, to streaming writ large. Um, but within that, you know, paying attention to what uh, types of content people are looking to consume, um, the, the specific trends that we've seen even over the past year in terms of what people are looking for, and then really looking to understand, well, what niche can you fill? What can your brand do that no one else can within the context of those larger shifts? I think that's the, the strongest foundation for uh, building the, the media brand of tomorrow, for sure. This has been a fantastic discussion, as usual. Um, really enjoyed it. And thank you so much for spending time with Willem. Thanks for joining us today on the Connected TV Advertising Summit. Thank you. Thank you both.